I'm a little bit of Southern, and I'm a little bit of West Coast, and together we're the Nashville Darlings. Hello and welcome to the Nashville Darlings podcast. My name is Roxanne Spence and I am joined today by Leslie Scott. Hi, Leslie. Hey, Roxanne. (laughs) Well, this is a fun adventure. Oh, man. We don't know what half of any of this stuff means, but we're here. We're ready to rock and roll and it's going to be so fun. It's going to be amazing. And we're really excited for this adventure for this very first episode and to kind of give you guys an idea of what this podcast is about. We are going to be talking about all things Nashville, mom stuff, because we're both moms. We're going to talk about real estate just a little bit, because we are both real estate agents. We'll sprinkle it in. We'll sprinkle (laughs) it in. We have some good stories. So you guys, we promise there'll be really good, entertaining stories about real estate. Um, And then... What was the other one? <laughs> Just life, right? Yeah, life, but then we also have our ND of the week. Yes. That we're going to bring in each episode. We will have a special guest come in with some rapid fire questions. Just entrepreneurial women who are just paving the way. Yeah. Who have an interesting story to tell. Mm-hmm. Okay, Roxanne, tell us a little bit about you. You opened us up here, but... Who are you? (laughs) Who am I? Well, uh, my name is Roxanne Spence, and I live in the Nashville area, and I moved to Tennessee. Well, my whole family, we moved to Tennessee about five years ago from the lovely state of California. That's where our West Coast vibe comes (laughs) in. That's where the West Coast vibe comes in. That's my little um, ray of sunshine. That's what I'm here for. Just kidding. Um, And yeah, I'm a mom. We have a toddler. He's not a toddler. No, I guess he's not. He's a grown kid now. Oh, I can't. (laughs) I can't face that. But yes, you're right. He is. He's a growing little boy. Um, And I am married to my wonderful husband, Matt. You will probably hear his name come up many times. Um, And we've been married for six years. We're loving Tennessee. We're so happy that we're here. Just building your roots, right? Here building our roots, yeah. Building our roots, and I work with Leslie at the Blue Door Realty Group. She's my broker. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> my amazing broker. <laughs> and so, enough about me, Leslie. What about you? Who are you? Well, Roxanne just told you, but I am the broker here at Blue Door Realty Group. I am not just a broker, though. I am a wife and a mother to four children. Um, I've been in Tennessee for almost 10 years now. Wow. Wow. That went really quick. Um, I am from the South, though. I'm originally from South Carolina. So um, all the things that we're going to talk about is not new to me. But Roxanne will probably get a culture shock when we bring in a couple people and they start giving us their little Southernisms. <laughs> um, so I love it. <laughs> um, I've been in real estate for a couple years now, um, and we're just growing. And here we are now starting up this podcast. 
You should give us our win and woe for the week, Roxanne. Yes, yes. So for since no one knows yet, because this is a new podcast, we are going to have different topics that we're going to talk about every single week. And one of them is called win and woe, where we talk about a mom win or a mom or and a mom woe of the week. So my mom woe is we are entering the nighttime potty training phase. Oh, and it's not going well. <laughs> it's not <laughs> going well at all. My son, he took to potty ta- potty training in general very well. Wait, did you have him go outside to pee when he first started? We tried that. We tried that, but actually it was mostly just him watching dad and how to do it in the toilet. Okay. Yeah, and he he took to it pretty quickly and he got all excited about it. Now with nighttime potty training, we've gone on a probably solid two weeks of just constant laundry every single day. And he does not mind feeling wet when he wakes up. Oh, no. That was the thing, right? He's supposed to be uncomfortable uncomfortable and want to, well, learn how to hold it. But no, he's he's totally fine. He he loves it. (laughs) He's good wearing his good night. He is good. And he doesn't, the motivation is not there yet. So that was my mom woe for actually the past two weeks. And now moving into a mom win is that we have decided to cancel the nighttime potty training. <laughs> Give <laughs> yourself a little bit of a break. We need a break. I can't be doing that much laundry. Uh, it's only three of us in the house, and I feel like I'm doing laundry for 10 people. So, yeah, that's my win. We're giving ourselves grace, and we are going to try again at a later date. And we're happy oh. about it. Meanwhile, I have Barrick who has like a bladder made of steel and held his, you know, held himself in for two hours during a ball game the other night. So I can't sympathize. I can't. That's amazing. I, I can't know. even do that. I know. He was out there like dancing on second base. I knew he had, but he refused. He was not leaving that ball game to go to the bathroom. Really? I even oh, offered to take him down the fence and let him like, you know, I mean. Um, just out of view. Yeah, out of thing. out of view. Do your thing. But he was not. So yeah, I mean, I can't sympathize. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't have any suggestions for that. You're. I'm on my own. You're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> you and the loads of laundry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we'll just accept it is for what it is right now, and we will just try again later. That's so, all you can do. Yeah. That's all you can do. What about you, Leslie? What's your winning? So. Um, I'll start with my woe. We, my oldest is 14 and we are entering in the teenage phase of life. And, you know, they say like, whatever you do to your mom is going to come back tenfold on you when you have a teenager. <laughs> and I'm feeling all the effect. Like I, sometimes I don't know that she even likes me. Oh. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, I still love you. Um, no, but I think the, the problem that we're having now is we're having to navigate these teenage hangouts, okay? So um, we're a little bit outside of Nashville, and our town doesn't have a whole lot to do for teenagers. We've got the bowling alley. We've got the movie theater. But my rule is no movies with the boys. We were teenagers once. We know what happens. That's been my rule. But there's nothing else for them to do. Other than come to our house and like hang out, which is totally fine. I want our house to be the hangout house, but um, she doesn't understand it. 
And so we're having to navigate this very weird time where it's like you see your daughter and in your eyes, she's still this little five-year-old. and But um, she's not five anymore. And she's going off to high school and um, just had a senior take her home from cheer practice. (laughs) Thank God for seniors. But, you know, so that's where we're at. I'm struggling with it. I think that maybe my movie theater rule might be a little too harsh given what we have for them to do around here. I don't know. I don't know. I know that when I was a teenager, I just ran free. Yeah. I mean, my mom dropped us off. We didn't have cell phones. We had a pay phone. And see you back here at 1130. Mm -hmm. And we like stomped all over, you know, all over town, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at. I'm struggling, um, not really sure, you know, what to do. Well, that's hard too, because you you want to have eyes on it, right? But you don't want to get in her space too much. But when there's boys involved, it's a whole other ball game. Oh my God, it's terrifying. Can you chaperone the movie theater date? Um, I think that would be highly discouraged. (laughs) (laughs) Can you wear like a a sweatshirt or and just kind of I've considered Sneak that. In there. So a funny story. They, I let her go with a group of friends and there were boys there, not necessarily her boyfriend. And so we asked, well, what movie did you see? The Little Mermaid. And I thought, huh, mm. what teenagers want to see The Little Mermaid? <laughs> what are you doing in this movie theater? <laughs> She's like, no, mom, I loved it. And she told me all about it. So I could trust my kid. I don't know that I trust everybody else's kid. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you control other anyway so i get it i get teenagers it teenagers are hard i'm it's scared good. i'm scared yeah so carson seems know. pretty timid though like just go with the flow he is he is but he's um and i mean this in the best way possible he's a follower at this mm-hmm. young age so he copies what other kids do and it takes him a little while to get out of that so i'm a little bit worried about that but Hopefully it's just something as time goes on, you know, his character grows. We have He'll enough talks with him. Yes, he <laughs> will be a leader. Yes. <laughs> but, at, you know, your daughter too, She's she seems like a really good, well-rounded girl. Like she's not – When I'm I think very of fortunate. myself at that age, oh. I was – your daughter seems – And I'll tell you, she's super responsible. I don't have to keep up with her uniforms, and there's, like, five of them for high school. Like, I don't have to keep up with her practices. Like, she tells me, this is what I have going on. So – That's awesome. Super responsible kid. But, you know, know. uh, what do you do? I know. It's a weird age. It is a weird age. Okay. So my win, though, for the years that my kids made it out alive of school with all A's and B's. And I'm going to celebrate that because I feel like this year has been a transition year for us. Um. I have always been fortunate enough to be more of a stay-at-home mom than a working mom, and I've really kind of switched that role a little bit, and so I feel like I'm more of a working mom than a stay-at-home mom, and sometimes you forget to send in those cupcakes for the class party. (laughs) So the fact that my kids made it out with all A's and B's, their homework done, in a big year for Tennessee in our TCAP, you know, debacle, I think that I think it was just a win. <laughs> you did great. No. I mean, that's awesome. A's and B's. That's amazing. We'll take it. Should we just roll right into the next segment? Let's just roll into it. Okay. So this segment is going to be called, well, is called That Really Happened. And this is something real estate related, something crazy, 
outlandish, funny, embarrassing, (laughs) not boring. Not boring. Leslie, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll share. Okay. So we know, or maybe you don't know if you didn't buy and sell during COVID, um, we were kind of stuck to virtual everything. So virtual open houses, virtual home buyer seminars, just virtual showings in general. Nobody wanted to be in the same house. I think if I did show a house, I had to stand outside with a mask on while they went in. It was just bizarre. So I had this gorgeous home come up in Burns, Tennessee. There were a couple of things that could be changed about this home. I won't even get into all that. But um, obviously during COVID for about the first month, things kind of halted. Nobody was really buying. Nobody was selling. But we still had to act like, you know, our lives were, or our jobs were still going as if everybody's lives were normal. So I hosted a virtual open house and I'm going through this house and get the inside and everything's like smooth. Was this like on Facebook? It was on Facebook live. Okay. And I had a couple viewers like three. We all know how this goes. Like so far into a video, people start falling off. They're not really watching the video. So I get to the front porch and I'm like, oh, look at the front yard and look at all these gorgeous neighbors. And I go to step off the top stair and I slipped. And I guess I fell just right on my butt because I watched this video back at the end and you could never tell that I fell. Like there was no indication that the the phone had like, it just looked like I just kind of went down the stairs. Well, I went down the stairs and I went down the stairs so hard that when I caught myself, I broke my arm. Oh no. And I'm in so much pain. Oh no. But I'm on Facebook live. (laughs) You, you just have to keep going. Like, I can't be like, sorry guys, I just broke my arm. Right. Like this is a big deal because this was back in 2020 when I first opened the brokerage. And so looking ridiculous was just not an option. So I spent another five minutes showing the backyard, showing the neighborhood in just absolute pain and I with a broken arm. And I left from there and went straight to the emergency room. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? I still think about it today and I thought how ridiculous I should have just ended the video. That takes a lot of skill, Leslie. I mean, it was. Oh, I don't know if that was still or just maybe no I one commented. Tell, nobody, no one was no like, one, "Hey, what was that fumble there?" No, and I watched it back, and there was like no fumble. I mean, I think you could hear my voice shake towards the end because like the pain was really. I mean, I remember just like kind of carrying my arm and holding it up against me as I'm like showing the rest of the property. Wow, I had to open a gate, which was very tough for a second. I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get this gate open because my arm's broken." <laughs> because my arm's broken. No, it, yeah, and it was eight weeks of recovery. So that's dedication to Facebook. <laughs> I was not letting and anybody know. <laughs> I nobody could know. So, so now that you guys know, you see how dedicated Leslie is to her job, <laughs> and she not not even a broken arm can stop. Absolute her. commitment. Love yeah, it. what you I got? Love it. My story is okay. So when I first got into real estate, um, this I had. I think maybe I was on second client ever. It was a cute young family. They wanted to see a home. It was in Waverly. And we get there. We're all so excited. They're, they were first-time home buyers, so they were nervous and excited. And I'm nervous and excited. And we're all just really, really excited <laughs> to see this house. But also really nervous. Really, really, really <laughs> nervous. And so I get in there and... 
for some reason, one of the things that I told myself when I entered real estate was that, okay, you have to have a system when you lock up, when you close the doors, make sure you like put the key back in the lockbox and you lock the door and all that stuff. And then you drive off. I don't know why. I think maybe I had heard horror stories of people forgetting to lock the door or they didn't shut the lockbox correctly or they walk off with the keys or something like that. I think I had worked myself up so much that I ended up doing just that. Literally, we were going to go to the next house. We're all so excited again to go see this other house. I got in my car. We had like come out to see the shed. I still had the key in my pocket. They're like, okay, well, we'll meet you at the, at the next house. I'm like, okay, great. I just get in my car and I just start <laughs> driving down the driveway. I didn't do a thing. I did not. Lights were still on. Oh, no. Door was wide open. Like, You're going to be that even, agent that like could have ended up on Facebook being, you know, the agent about. to not follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could have been me. I mean, without a care in the world, I just took off in my car and was like, see you later. <laughs> I got the key. I'm on to the next one. On to the next one, you know, and it wasn't a vacant house either. Like the sellers of the home could have come home at oh, any point. The wrong time. At the just... wrong time and seen, yeah, their house just in shambles. So not something I'm very proud of. I immediately, once I hit the bottom, this was a long driveway. So I had a few seconds to like compose myself. And once I did, it dawned on me, oh my gosh, I didn't do anything right. So luckily, luckily though, your buyers weren't there to see that. They were not. They were already halfway down the road. So I just backed up in the driveway and ran out of the car, turned off the lights, locked it up, put it in the lockbox like nothing had ever happened. But yeah, oh. at that, I was about to. Look, they would have been on those groups and they would have been like, this agent, (laughs) she is horrible. (laughs) So you saved yourself. (laughs) I did save myself. I will say that. And I was brand, brand spanking new. And I was just, you know, you were just excited and excited and just, you know, not thinking correctly. But glad to say I have not done that since and in, you know four or five years. And now I, because it happened, I'll never do it again. Yeah. You learned one mistake, Mm -hmm. you know, one time. Well, it wasn't even a full mistake. You caught yourself before you left the property. So, and I know that I'm not the only one. The one great thing about real estate agents is that we can, we can really fake it till we make it. You may meet the most professional, awesome real estate agent, but they have probably made this mistake before. I dropped a key through a deck one time, so <laughs> I was mortified. Like there was no way to get this key, other than to call the listing agent. Oh, so no. yeah, yeah, that stuff happens. I mean, have you gotten like, gone to a house, gone to a showing, open the lockbox, and there's no key? No, that has not happened to me. Really? Mm-hmm. That's happened to but me I like do four think or five times, I, and this might be my counter offer. This might be my counter offer. Mm. We're okay, going to jump well, right into hold this. It. Yeah. <laughs> hold, hold that thought then. Hold that thought. And we will explain to you guys what a counter offer is. It's another segment. But, oh no, is that the next? Segment? Oh, we're going to go right. Let's just go right into counter offer. Okay, let's go yeah. into counter offer. All right. So okay. our counter offer is something that, that we experience every day that we could make better. Yes. So 
Um, but I'm going to go ahead and share this because we were just talking about the key. And you know what? I didn't even have anything written down here. For I know you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I prepared so well, but it just came to me. So here we are. Okay. So real estate agents like to just have just the key. I think everybody should be required to put some sort of like key tag on it so that if there is a deck, it's not slipping through the crack. That's a really good I'm one. In. A keychain, a fob, something yeah. that also fits in the lockbox. But yeah, yeah, if it drops, you have a chance. Something's going to like hold it in there. <laughs> All right. I love that. I think that's a really <laughs> good counter offer. Everyone out there who's a real estate agent listening, <laughs> please, please start attaching that. Um, my counter offer, this is going to sound really silly. So, where we live is a little outside of Nashville. And I think Amazon, they don't bring the trucks out this way anymore. Oh, I, haven't seen not, a, I haven't seen an Amazon truck in months. It's been at over this a point. year. Oh, uh, no, no, just months for me. Really? And it is so sad. Well, you must live on the good side of town because over where we are, <laughs> there's no trucks. They've been gone for like Which a is year. crazy because you're only five minutes from the interstate five exit. from the highway and they yeah. won't come. It really messes up your Amazon schedule when you don't have those Amazon trucks coming out because you Wait, can't you have you do... have an Amazon schedule as in like well, you have no. too many packages coming and well, now, you, now they're skipping days? There's that. <laughs> there's that. But also you don't get the same delivery options. I think they've gotten oh. a little bit better, but like there was a wa- there was a good amount of time where we could not get two-day delivery. We couldn't get same day. We couldn't do any of that. Especially during Christmas time, that all just went away. I could not get anything quickly. I had to order stuff weeks and weeks in advance. And I know that there was some stuff with like supply going on and all that. But, you know, even two or three days, we were not able to get it. So I found a hack. And I have you ever used one of those Amazon lockers? No, because I don't have a problem with delivery. (laughs) This is a personal problem. (laughs) It's a personal problem. So for anyone who doesn't know, an Amazon locker is, it's a big locker that they set up at libraries or gas stations, public places. Amazon will deliver there. I guess the closest Amazon locker to use at the gas station. It's at the gas station. Mm -hmm. Well, the gas station is a dead zone. As I learned, I pull out my phone to open up the locker and it's a dead zone. So I go inside to the nice gas station people and I'm like, (laughs) excuse me, do you have Wi-Fi? Because I'm not getting service out here to open up the Amazon locker. And she looks at me and she's like, yeah, get in line. No one can open up those lockers. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So I said, well, why do they have the lockers here yet? I can't use your Wi-Fi. Like, how are we supposed to get our packages out? She said, I don't know. Zero. And that help. was it. <laughs> you I got nothing. She and probably she has to like, say that every day, though. Yeah. And then she said, you could try going to the end of the parking lot. Well, the end of the parking lot is like a busy road. So, I mean, and there's trucks coming in and out of there. I mean, it's not ideal. So, anyways, I walk further out, still no signal. And, yep, my package, I never got it. Never got it. So, my counter offer is, if you're going to put an Amazon locker somewhere, make sure it's not a dead zone or there's Wi-Fi so people can open up the locker. Yeah. I go through that Duncan and I always know if I'm on the phone and I hit the, hit the corner of that yeah. gas station, mm-hmm. every call is going to drop. Yeah. Guaranteed. It's a dead zone. Like 
really did. I mean, welcome to Tennessee where <laughs> there's a city and then there's trees. <laughs> there's not even that many trees over there, though. I don't know. There's something <laughs> weird going on with that area. But, yep, that's my counteroffer. All right, so our ND of this week is going to be Kayla Tag. And to explain what an ND is, it is a Nashville darling that is a, excuse my French, badass female, <laughs> or we'll grab a male at some point, I'm sure, and we'll give him a new name. Yeah. Um, so just somebody who is an entrepreneur who runs the streets and hustles and grinds. And we thought Kayla was probably... The best first episode ND that we could bring on. So, hi, Kayla. Hello. <laughs> I know it's a little awkward. It's no, this is great. Um, Thank um, you. Okay. So, I'll give you a rundown on Kayla. She was an agent. She is a newer agent when she came to us last year. Um, I think you had only been with me for about three months when. The world got flipped upside down for her. And guys, she just persevered. Like, I have never seen any. I think I would have, like, fallen apart and fell to the floor and hid in a closet and the world would have ended. So, Kayla, hi. Um, <laughs> I'd love for you to share with us, kind of explain how your year started last year but then I also, you know, I want to hear how your year ended and then we're just going to brag about you in 2023. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, first I am really like humble. So <laughs> talking about me makes me really nervous to be honest, but I will say that I started my real estate career um, October of 2021 and, you know, I was hungry. I was excited. I was passionate about it. I kind of didn't feel 100% great at where I was because I knew that um, I potentially, I wanted to be fed and I wanted to be fed a great meal. So I found Leslie and Blue Door and I will never forget my mama telling me in a conversation, Leslie is going to get you where you want to be. That girl knows excellence. So um, I knew it from the get go or from the get go too. So. <laughs> We started this year out great. I had a couple of transactions. I really felt like I was living my best life. I was excited. I had worked so hard to get that first transaction going. And then May 2nd of 2022, you know, my son had been sick and we went to a doctor who referred him to a cardiologist. And the cardiologist had a couple of findings that concerned her which was completely like off the subject of what his actual diagnosis was. However, she was trained, I have chills, um, because she was trained to, to kind of pick up on these things that, you know, could have been a red flag. So she sent us downstairs to the emergency room, and I will never forget, um, after multiple tests and, and just kind of sitting in this dark room, hearing these beeping noises everywhere, traffic outside, you've got people coming in and out. Um, at that moment, my entire world went still. Everything went still. The um, the pediatric oncology came in. And yeah, of course, you don't know what you would do. You think that, sorry, 
it's just a thing that you don't like to relive. But, um, you know, you can sit here and say you don't know how you would have handled it. But as a mama, you're like, all right, let's go. And then my faith, um, my faith in God, really, without it, I don't think I could have handled it because you are, that's, that's your love. But, you know, when you're a mom, you would do anything for your baby. You would do anything for anyone that you love. But when it's your child, it's, it's a different level of, um, you're going to do anything. You're going to, you're going to fight. But I also think that his ability to fight also was really what kind of, um, helped me. So, yeah. So cancer and then, you know, Vanderbilt's great being a Nashville native. I knew we were in good hands. So I had a lot of faith in that. And I'll never forget asking the oncologist when we were doing, we were talking about what steps we were going to take. I said, if this was your son, is this how you would treat it? And he said, absolutely. So I had a lot of faith in that. I remember you called me that morning to tell me. And the weirdest thing about Kayla is that like through it all, like you were so calm, like you were just calm on the phone and you were just like, I. It's going to be fine. We're we're going to get through this and we're just going to fight. So, yeah, that was a brave face, <laughs> you know, because you also you have people watching. You have ears that are listening. Like if I panicked, imagine how he would have panicked, you know. Mm-hmm. So by me keeping my composure, um, I kind of think gave him a little bit of faith that it was going to be OK. So, yeah. So then through that. Was it a month later or two months later? Your mom. Oh, well, besides living in a hospital for, let's see, the entire month of May, June, and July, August 2nd, uh, we had made it home. My mom had moved in with us in October of 21. So initially I thought, you know, my, my mom's moving in. This sucks. Of course, my husband's like, my mother-in-law's moving in. Like, <laughs> I think we can all relate on that. But My mom currently lives in Yeah, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> um. A glass of wine is good. So either way, kind of, I was happy my mom moved in because she had survived stage four breast cancer. So she kind of knew, you know, how it feels to go through treatment, like what neuropathy, you know, the, excuse my language, but the projectile vomiting, you know, out of nowhere. It's like she understood. So I really felt like God had put mom at our house at that point to, to kind of be someone to, to be a good bridge you know, by helping me because real estate, I was busy. I was already busy. So I was just like, how am I going to do this? I felt maybe a little bit defeated that maybe God, I wasn't in the right place. Maybe this is what was going to pull me from it. Mm -hmm. But really, it was exactly where I needed to be with exactly who I needed to be with. I'll never forget you sending those, that bouquet of flowers to the hospital. And I couldn't bring them in the room. Because you're not allowed to have flowers in the rooms. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but we got to set it out on the front by the nurse's station, and it was a gift to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, that's, you know, that's Cadence's mom. You know, that's, they were mine, but everyone got to see them. So, um, yeah, just fun fact. I don't know if I ever told you that. <laughs> I don't think you ever told me that. <laughs> that's a true story. Um, but, yeah, um, I thought at that point when mom moved in with us, that was kind of why God had placed her in our home. and then. August 2nd, I went into her room to tell her dinner was ready, and I found my mom cold, unresponsive, and she was wet to touch. So immediately, I just kind of gave her CPR, went into action, you know, and 
that was, that was life-changing. You know, I even think back a little bit of survivor guilt. Like I think had I not walked in there and had she not made it, I'm not going to say how easy life would be right now, but this has been hard. You know, brain injuries, there's no safety net for people. Insurance for people who have disabilities, there's no safety net. Like you have to, you have to be a person that will not take no for an answer. So your mom had, so, okay, Cadence was diagnosed with cancer in May. Yeah. And let me just tell y'all, he has T-cell ALL. So it's a blood cancer and it's acute lymphoblastic leukemia. It is a very aggressive cancer. It's a very dangerous cancer if it goes unnoticed, untreated. And then three months later, almost to the day, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Your mom has a brain aneurysm. A uh, brain aneurysm, yeah. A large subarachnoid um, bleed. And, and through mm-hmm. all this, you continued to work mm-hmm. between hospital stays, hospital visits, chemo treatments, getting your mom back and forth. Well, I guess your mom lived in the hospital and you would stay with her as well. So you were running back and forth because there was two different hospitals. I was going from Centennial ICU to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. So you were going between two hospitals living in both of them Mm -hmm. and working. Like Mm -hmm. you never stopped real estate. I did not. But I will also kind of like, I'm going to be very humble because I didn't do it by myself. You know, there was multiple times where I'll never forget like Wendy even saying, hey, you know, let me, let me show this house for you. Taylor kind of, you told me, mm-hmm. um, but even Taylor was like, she closed a deal for me. She did. Um, the Wetzel family. So I don't know if they will ever hear this, but they, they were like my first transaction during the hospital and have a closing. Um, so I just, I didn't do it by myself. It was great. And then let's fast forward now. Mm-hmm. You are having some of the biggest months that you've ever had, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And how does that feel? Um, I'm humble. Like humble is just a really good word for it because I want to like, I want to go around telling everyone, guess what I did? <laughs> guess what's happening? <laughs> but, you know, I just, I'm so grateful because I, I could have a million dollar listing or sale, but I feel like I would treat it the same as what I did, $120,000 FHA, first-time home buyer, single mama who we got in a house. Like, <laughs> let's talk about that. Like, that is that is winning to me. But I'm grateful for anything. So, um, But I also feel like what you put into things is exactly what you get out of it. So, you know. Yeah, what is it? Like, wherever your focus goes, energy flows. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So through all that, you just continued to work so hard and we're so proud of you. You just absolutely rocked it um, this last year and this year. Yeah. Kayla, you are a true inspiration. I have to say I came in late in the year. I did not, you know, I came in late last year and I did not know your whole story and you were so welcoming as an, as like the new girl, you know, and I learned your story like through bits and pieces. And then when my own grandma was going through something, I mean, your heart just like opens up and you are an open book in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And I think you see, I think like you're very aware of how much being an open book helps other people mm-hmm. because you probably had a little bit of that too. And it's just so beneficial. And so I think it's set the awesome tone too. That- I don't think that anybody can can complain or not do because I'm always like, well, Kayla no. did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I it still, really does. I still yeah. find myself saying that thing. I'm like, man, I know I got it bad, but there's somebody who has it worse. 
you know, like, and that's, that, I feel like that's the mentality we have to have, you know, facing certain situations. Like, yeah, it could be worse. It's bad, but mm-hmm. it could be worse. But, you know, I also, I'm not trying to like toot Blue Door's horn <laughs> at all, <laughs> but I am going to because, and no, this was not asked of me to say or anything, but I'm, I'm the, the biggest advocate of Blue Door because of what, it's a family. This is a brokerage of, of people who have family and lives, but no matter what, in in each place that we are as individuals, we always come together and like help this person and help this person. And mm-hmm. um, even the confidence that I have with Blue Door, knowing that this is what I'm a part of, this is what Blue Door represents, mm-hmm. the integrity that, you know, Leslie, you hold us agents too. Like you are not going to sit back and watch somebody in this broker, the brokerage act out of good faith or um, of bad integrity. So mm-hmm. Very true. We're, I'm in a good place. I don't, I mean, I, I know I could do good things anywhere I am. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she acknowledges uh, that she is who she is and she is fabulous. She is and fabulous. she knows that. And I, I don't give up. So either way. Um, you really don't. Mm-hmm. You are, you are like, you, you, I've never seen you give up. You are always like the first person to be let's like, let's brainstorm. Yeah. <laughs> let's fix this. There's so a way. Like, you're the biggest cheerleader in the, I would say in the group. I love Leslie, but I mean, yeah. you really are. So, and that's a really special quality. To thank have. you. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, for sharing, um, what your year has been like and everything that you've gone through. Um, to kind of switch the subject a little bit, oh, you are a native <laughs> Nashvilleian. Mm-hmm. Is that is the right way to say it? Yeah, it's a Nashville native. I'm a okay, unicorn. Nash- That's okay. really She's what they call unicorn. us. I'm a unicorn. <laughs> it's a unicorn. That's right. So we have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. One thing I'm super curious about is what is your real opinion about the bachelor and bachelorette parties going on in Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I always tell people if you see someone downtown and they are wearing shorts, cowboy boots, and a cowboy hat, they are nine out of ten times not from Nashville. Disclaimer: It does not mean that you can't come into town and wear these. No, things. Oh, it's how yeah. we know you're not alone. Yeah, and you're having yes. a good time either way. It's fun. Yes. Um, I mean, it's great for the economy. But we call them the woohoo girls. So <laughs> I like to even make fun of myself because um, if if you get me with a group of people and we're downtown, I'm like, like just screaming at people that are you know feeding off of each other's energy. So yeah, I mean they're the woohoo girls. Okay. And w- since you are a Nashville native, you would know what is the best dive bar in Nashville. So I would say, at one point, my favorite dive bar was Santa's Pub. And it was this bar, kind of like in this old double wide, where you could do karaoke. It was a cash-only bar, play pool, um, go outside, sit on the patio. They only served beer. So, I mean, it was like a super, super dive bar. But somehow, um, everyone started finding out about how cool of a place it was. So, it's no longer really like a dive bar. But at one point, yeah, Santa's Pub. So, shout out to them. That sounds like a really cool spot. Yeah. Well, and then to kind of like go here, and this is, this might be biased of me. So I worked at a bar and grill for 13 years, Dalt's American Grill, Mm -hmm. and that bar is like Cheers. When you talk about like, (laughs) it's not like a Nashville downtown type vibe, but you get there and you immediately feel 
this great energy, um, good people. The bartender's been there for over 30 years. Um, great conversations. That's probably one of my favorite bars to like go to. Like a spot where the locals know yeah. where to go. Yeah, adults. Love it. I need to go there. It we, is. We need to go there. Yeah, it's just not like, and when we had the patio, the patio was the best place, but you just sit at the bar and you never know who's really going to walk in there. Like I've seen people walked in there and Nashville stars will kind of walk in with their hat on and just sit down and yeah. Oh, it's kind of cool. Gem. I mm-hmm. love it. Okay. What is the craziest thing you've seen on the streets of Nashville? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to have to wrap my head around this one. Um, I've seen some really crazy stuff, but this is just going to be like a story that I tell to everyone. We had went to an Alan Jackson concert two years ago. It was my husband, Justin, and then our bubs, Cadence. We went to the concert and we were walking downtown. And all of a sudden, Cadence is laughing. He was like, Mom, I just saw her boobs. <laughs> I was like, what? And he was like, I'm about to see him again. And I turned and one of the woohoo girls <laughs> were on the party bus. Oh and she was just like, woohoo. <laughs> so, I mean, I've seen crazy stuff, but I think that that moment was... I think because your kid was in there. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's my kid. I, I think if he hadn't been there, it would have just been like, oh, whatever. God, just another yeah. day. Yeah, whatever. So. <laughs> no big yeah. deal. That to me will always stand out. Okay. And what is, what do you think is the must-do thing in Nashville? So Nashville is absolutely beautiful. Like, yeah, downtown Nashville is great. The Parthenon is great. Sightseeing in certain places. But something that's. And this is me. It, it holds true to my heart because I grew up in Bellevue, the Natchez Trace Parkway. Mm-hmm. Um, that bridge is beautiful. I remember when Justin was here for a little while before he actually got out of the military and, and moved to Nashville. Um, that was where I took him. And it was just, it'll hold a very special place in my heart. And if you travel up the Natchez Trace, there's multiple different sightseeings that you can hike to. There's waterfalls. Um, it's, it's breathtaking over there. It's really pretty. Okay. Have y'all been there yet? No. I the Natural Trace Parkway. And then you got to stop at the Loveless Cafe. I have been the there. Out. Yeah. I got their biscuits. Of course. The, the biscuits were really good. And actually the, um, you know, the ladies who work there, they, they're just so fun to talk to. And they've been there forever. Those, yeah, they don't leave. They don't leave. They don't leave. They don't leave. This one lady, uh, cause I think one, one time we went. And we ordered some sort of like morning cocktail. I don't remember. It was like probably like a coffee and something, you know. And we, were, my husband was like, "Oh my gosh, this this spiked coffee is so amazing!" And this lady, she comes out from the kitchen. She brought the bottle of what it was. She's like, "Do you want to take a picture of it? <laughs> <laughs> you can make it at home." It was like the cutest thing I've ever seen. That to me is Nashville. Yeah. Like that, just what you your experience with like the hospitality of it and just the genuine like I want to this is let me show them true hospitality and that's kind of like the loveless day before it was actually a cafe it was a hotel and that's a whole nother story in itself but my mom um has some pretty cool stories about what they what they used to do there really oh yeah yeah it's just fun Mm -hmm. Kayla thank you so much for joining us and telling us your story and being our ND of the week thanks It's time for Southernisms. 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 This is where we talk about the culture of the South, just random things that 
someone who doesn't live in Tennessee, has never lived in the South, would not understand, like myself. I am not originally from Tennessee. However, Leslie is from the South, and so she understands these things. I have come to Leslie before asking her, what does this mean? So, Do people say this? Yes. <laughs> I sent you a DM just the other day. I sent her a reel that was on Instagram from this account. His name is Landon Talks. And he does um, a variety of reels where he talks about things going on in the South. A lot about how people talk in the South. He had one the other day called Startled Expressions. And I am going to read off some of these startled expressions. And Leslie, you're going to tell me and you're going to tell the audience if you've heard of these expressions before and if you use them yourself. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. First one, man alive. Man alive. Yes. Yes. Um, I think my, (laughs) my aunt is the one who says that the most, but I think it's because she was probably like raised in like the seventies and eighties. And so that was like more of like their Southern, I don't know, old timey expression. It's an, it's an older expression. It's an older expression. Okay. Okay. Land sakes alive. Land this is my alive. favorite one. That's your favorite one? I don't know why. Okay. I know. I All right. Land sakes alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've heard this one. Like, I've never heard the land sakes alive. No. Okay. I, I mean, that's land's alive. Yeah. But okay. But okay. So land's alive. Like, what is that? I'm, see, I'm just a, like in my head, I'm like, what is that actually saying? Though? Like, you just scared the whole world. Oh, the whole land. You, yeah. you scared the entire land. Yeah. Land's alive. At least that's how I've always interpreted. Now, if we're wrong, <laughs> somebody please somebody tell us. let us know if we're wrong. But that's but how that's I've always interpreted right. that. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. If that don't, if, okay, I can't do it because I can't do the Southern accent. If that don't beat all. If that don't beat all. Yes. That this one is, <laughs> my grandmother used to say this all the time because as children growing up, we would just do dumb things. And, you know, every time it was, well, if that don't beat all, you know. Good night of living. Good night of living. You've never heard that before? No. Really? Never. Like, I don't feel like this one is a, a Southern only. I feel like. If there is a West Coast person out there listening or even an East Coast person who has said good night of living or heard it, please let us know. I say good night. Maybe I am just been living under a rock. But. Yeah. No, I, I say good night. Good night. Good night. Okay. Okay. I don't know I like if that's it. like a good night, like. Like, is it a night, like K-I-N-I-K-N-I-G-H-T, or is it, like, oh. good night? But either way, I've said good night, like, when I get scared, you know, like, good really? night. Or See, or it's not even really a startle. It's, like, more of a shocked, not startled. You should see Leslie's face right now when she said that. <laughs> <laughs> she was shocked. Yeah. Um, see, now, if I were to say good night. It would be in a situation where it's like, I'm done. Good night. Yeah. Put me to bed. I'm done. It's also, I feel like, you know how bless your heart can mm-hmm. be, it can be like a genuine term mm-hmm. or it can be a little judgy. I also mm-hmm. feel like, good night. Look at, look at her. You know, like uh, that's also oh, how I think I use that as well. It, it's, it's a lot like bless your heart. We're going to have a whole other episode <laughs> where we cover Bless Your Heart because I have very one of, strong yeah. feelings about this. <laughs> and someone from the South doesn't yeah. understand it. 
we will get there. Um, okay. Great day in the morning. Great day in the morning. I don't use this one. I've heard it. I've heard people say it. Okay. I don't personally use that, no. Okay. All right. Good gravy. Good gravy. I say this all the time. <laughs> My husband's like, what are you saying? And I'm like. Oh, so your husband doesn't. No, he's from Texas. And as we all know, Texas is a whole different South. Okay. It's not the South. It's it's a it's different Texas. South. It's, it's Texas. Texas. <laughs> so I do say good gravy. Okay. So we're going to have another segment on what. What different Souths there are. Yeah. Because that's a new one to me, too. <laughs> Texas is not. Texas is Texas. So. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm learning so much. Okay. Oh, foot. Oh, foot. My grandmother also used to say this. Or she would just say foot. 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 Okay. Like, and it was like if she dropped something or something oh. broke. Oh, okay. Like it could have broken on your foot. Yeah. But there you go. Oh, foot. Oh, foot. Okay. And heavens to Betsy. Now, I have heard this one before, but um, – and I told Leslie this stuff before we started recording. Some of these things I've heard, but I've never heard them say – and people say them in real life. Do you say heavens to Betsy? I do not say heavens to Betsy. But I feel like Wendy would say heavens to Betsy. <gasps> That's right. Because she's very Southern. Yes. So, And we are going to have Wendy on in a few – future episode. Wendy is her own Southernism in and of herself. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. Okay. And I declare. I declare. I do say that a whole lot. (laughs) I think that I have heard this more in South Carolina. I hear people say it more in South Carolina, like a low country area, than they say it here in Tennessee. I don't think that I've heard anybody in Tennessee say, I declare. Do they say, I do declare? I do declare. Really? They say it just like that. Well, okay, so what was that show on, on TV? I'm blanking on the name right now. The the one in South Carolina. Char- uh, Southern Charm. Southern Charm. I feel like I heard them say you it all would the probably, time. You would have probably heard, like, if you know who Thomas Ravenel is, yes. imagine his voice. He saying, says it. That's yes. the voice that pops into my yeah. head when I hear, I do declare. I do declare. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay. Last one. And according to Landon, this is a real deep south expression is i swan or i swanee i have never heard of this <laughs> i'm also not from the appalachian so that's right that is true that is again i feel like a whole nother south in and of itself it's its own little southern mm-hmm. strip mm-hmm. right because it goes up yeah we're yeah. not gonna get into geography no <laughs> <laughs> have you heard anyone say I swan or I swanee? I've never heard of this before. And I want to know what it actually means. Like, is it like a swan or is it a, is it an abbreviation for like two words put together? I swanee. You know, it's a really good question. We're going to have to pose this yeah. online. We're going to, we're going to figure this one out. <laughs> we'll have to get Landon on here to, to explain it to us. Um, well, that is it. Startled expressions. And I think Heavens to Betsy is is a cute one. That's adorable. Oh, I like the I do declare is also very adorable. I love your attempt. I know. I'm trying so hard. (laughs) I stand out. And the land sakes alive. You like that one? It's just so interesting. But I don't know what the sakes are. Well, I guess like goodness sakes. Goodness sakes. For the sake of the land that is alive. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of the Nashville Darlings, 
please subscribe and find us on Instagram at the Nashville Darlings.